podcast number 50. It's the Against the Grain podcast. How you guys doing? Good. Wonderful. Doing wonderful. What's going on, Freddie? Uh, a waste of day today. Basically, uh. just like I work for a restoration shop, and I don't know why they call themselves a restoration shop, because they're literally calling me to cut cornice molding for a piece of just low-end um, cabinetry. And they have no ability. They have no chop saw. They got nothing. And now it's just like I reached <laughs> a point of saying, why are you in business? And it's just like all they spray is tinted lacquer. Everything. Everything's American, early American walnut. Oh, you want brown on this? American walnut. Oh, you want <laughs> red brown? American walnut. You know, everything early. they spray is American walnut. Oh, you want it darker? Okay, darker American walnut. And it's just like, <laughs> what in the world are you guys doing? And it is so frustrating. So it's just like, I now have two vans. I have one set up with all the, the uh, tooling. Got to grab that van, go over there, do my thing. I look at them. I shake my head in embarrassment. I set myself up. I do my thing. And then they moan and groan. And I'm going to charge them $240 for six cuts of molding. But it's just like half hour each way, an hour there, set up, break down. Screw you. You know? And then. Sounds, uh, sounds like a normal day on the show. Yeah. Just normal day. Freddy. <laughs> And then uh, I. This is rant number friend. one of Freddie's yeah. fifty favorite rants. Yeah, there's for about forty nine show. shows before this one. If you can go listen to it. some <laughs> some of these, some are very similar to this one. So, um, I'm alone in the shop for the next two plus weeks. Like as in alone, Steve's not here. It's a blessing because I'm getting so much stuff done, and I've taken over his space as well and my space, and like I'm spreading out, and I, it's like amazing. It's like. I'm getting all of this stuff done, even though I should be on site working on all the stuff that's waiting for me because it's more lucrative. But at least the shop's getting cleared out and people are paying me and that that makes me happy. So you ever you ever hear the expression it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by a bunch of buzzers? Never. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a think about it. So I'm extremely busy. Well, that's good. For uh Guy, what are you up to? Not a whole lot. I've been doing a lot of honeydew stuff, which I really don't want to talk about on this podcast because it's irrelevant. But I had, I did do about three different bases for this media console I've been working on. I posted one on Instagram yesterday. So and of course, you know, I got some very good responses and then people going, oh, you're an idiot. So I, I'm back where I started from where I don't know what to do. You know, it's it's a style I'm not familiar with. I shouldn't say not familiar with, but not well-versed in. I don't understand the aesthetic is the problem. So let me ask you this. I, I'm in the same boat as you in a way. What makes that people say you're an idiot for that style or whatever? I don't know. Whatever they said. Well, you, it's kind of like if you ask people what's your favorite color, you're going to get a different answer every time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm getting. So, you know, it's like, well, you have to make better use of the negative space or it's too, it's too wide or it's too narrow or it's this or it's that. I'm just getting very conflicting views. So what I've been doing is I've been looking at the people's Instagram feeds mm -hmm. and some of these people mm -hmm. offering their opinion and saying, well, you need to do it this way and this way and this way. 
And then I look at their Instagram feed and they're, you know, pocket hole construction timber heroes. That's like, you know, get out of here. So, but there are a couple guys that look like they're doing a lot of mid-century modern work and I've put a lot of weight into what they've said. So some of the best stuff I've heard is that the way I did it, I didn't want to do just a normal boring base. I figured, well, I saw some stuff where they put like this bar where it goes down a little bit from the top, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the way I did this this third one. And I really liked it. I, I think it, was, it wasn't long enough. It needed to go more towards the edges, but I wanted to see it visually anyways. And I- then people said, you can't do that because it's, you're trying to get all this negative space underneath and you're trying to have it float. No, not true at all. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So the other thing is, you know, I've got people saying, you know, well, the mid-century model, it's all purpose built for a specific thing. And I'm like, that doesn't make much sense either. So I know this, this thing has to be a certain height. Mm -hmm. It's got to have about a 25 to 25 and a half inch finish height. Mm-hmm. because my TV is sitting on top of it. And my TV, you know, you, you when you sit and watch TV from your couch, you know, I, I always get a kick out of these people that put their TVs oh, above their fireplaces. It's yep. like, that's, you're not yeah. looking, you have to be looking straight on. Amen. Yeah. So yeah. With, with my TV, you know, it's 25 inches off the floor. Yeah. So I don't want to raise the thing up two inches. I don't want to raise it up three inches. I don't want to lower it two inches. Mm-hmm. This is the height it's got to be. And that cabinet has to be that height because I have specific pieces of audio video equipment that have to fit inside of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, that's it. you're working with. Yeah, that's it. So, um, you know, the people are talking about the angle of the legs and this, that, you know, oh. and I get all that, but the legs are only five inches tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really can't well, do much with them. You know, while looking at your picture that you posted online yesterday, I think it looks great. I think it's beautiful. And I think the whole negative space is not really for for Danish modern. That's what people don't understand. The whole negative space is for a different period. This one is simplicity, clean, simple lines, rectangular. So I want to look at your piece. It's very elegant, and proportionally, the legs go beyond half on the ends. I think it looks great. The legs, I think, need to be pushed out a little bit further towards the end. I think so, too. For me, I, I would like to see it pushed out a little bit towards the end. Yeah, I, I'm now, going to. This, they're five, this, right now, they're five inches from each end. I'm going to make them about three inches from each end. So they'll go out a little bit more. The, and this is a knock on you at all. But when mm-hmm. I look at that style of furniture and I see these pieces, all I think of is the machines from War of the Worlds, the aliens. It just has that look to me. I don't know why. You know, with the whole canted out leg like that. I don't know. The now, now you're talking about when you say five, you're going to drop it to three inches. Is it going to be three inches on the base or going to be three inches on the top? From the edge. From the edge, he means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, so like- on the overall width of the, the base. Right now, the base okay. is... Ten, the base is 10 inches shorter than the overall length of the piece, which is 60 inches. So it's mm-hmm. 50 inches long. So I've got a five inch overhang on each side. Yeah. I'm going to make that a two to three inch overhang on each side. Okay. So I'm just going to make the base longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am going to eliminate that middle support. You are? That's on there. 
Yeah, yeah. Because when you when you put the when you when I was like I was stood up on a ladder to mm-hmm. see what it looked like when you're looking down at it. Yeah. And that extra long piece in the center, I don't know how much structural it adds to it, but it really cuts down the amount of light that you see underneath it. I kind of like that. So how you, I about to say, I, I think it looks great. Yeah. I kind of like that on there. Hey, here's the other thing, uh, uh, guy is that you're taking actually two influences besides the Danish modern. This has a little bit of an Asian flair to it with the base and everything really? else. It does. Even though, because mm-hmm. Asian still has some simplicity to it. They would add these little weird details or weird joinery, but the overall concept has that that Asian flair to it. There's a period there that has a similar base. So mm-hmm. I think that it looks very pleasing to the eye. And I and I and I think by looking at the legs that it goes beyond half of the opening on the ends. So for me, that means that there's really a third left on either side and I think that looks good. Now you're going to add more material which is fine, but I just I like how this appears like it's floating in the air. Yet at the same time, while this looks great at this angle, the ideal angle is to put it on the floor and see what it looks like. It's getting doors, correct? Yeah, there's going to be two doors. They're going to be sliding doors, but they're not going to be able to bypass each other. Okay. Okay. So there's just one single track. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what that'll do to the base too. Yeah, that'll that'll make it look a lot different. So Um, question about the doors. Yeah. Are you going to do like, tiny rails and styles on them or is it a regular two and a half inch rail and style you thinking one and five i don't know if i'm gonna put any rails or styles on them <gasps> oh just a flat panel you're thinking okay just a flat panel with one where the finger pull is mm-hmm. just one piece of wood there okay. i'm going okay. towards the inside uh and like i said the way i'm doing the track on it is they're not going to be able to bypass one another Right, they're You're sharing just, the same track. They're going to share the same track. So right. um, I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with the doors yet. I think I'm going to have to do some mock-ups again. I love doing my mock-ups. Um, I usually I, I was, show them. But. I was thinking do something with a really small rail, like mm-hmm. an inch, inch and a quarter rail in style. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, need, I don't need rails. Right, you're right. So I think I'm just going to do one style towards the inside edge and I'm going to put a finger, a, a finger pull on that. I don't think I'm going to do an actual hole mm-hmm. or, a, or a pull. It's just going to be where it's got an indent towards right. the center. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, Hey, grab it here and slide it kind of thing. Yep. So it That's doesn't cool. rack. It's, cool, and, uh, it's a cool project. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm, to do with the doors yet mainly the, the it, mainly because i don't have the wood to do it I, quite, here's a question for you i'm sorry to cut you off yeah is it is it fun doing this because you really don't know where to go direction you know no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's it's yeah. challenging the thing is it's just it was like when I, I, people always ask me what my favorite project I ever built is, and that's that's the green and green clock I made, mainly because I didn't know what I was doing, and it was a totally new design concept. But there are rules to green and green. Mm-hmm. And mid-century modern, there are no rules. Mm-hmm. It's one big gray area. 
and everybody's got their own opinion on it. And I look at some of the stuff that that's that's out there on Instagram or do a, a Google image search, and it is just all over the place. <laughs> I've read some articles. I have never I haven't read any books on it, but I've read some pretty extensive articles on it. And again, it just seems like everything I read conflicts with the other what that what I just read ten minutes before. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just trying to, you know, for me, it's just a matter of getting the visual proportions right mm-hmm. gotcha. more than anything. Um, All right. So, I have one more big question for you. Yeah. How much does it bother you that the, the lamello box is, has a red top on it when all the other ones are green? And it drives gray. me nuts. <laughs> I love it. I think I'm going to go buy another sustainer, a festival (laughs) sustainer, just so it matches everything else. I thought you'd say that. Yes. Or you bought spray paint, I figured you'd say. No, I'm not going to buy spray paint. I'll just buy another (laughs) sustainer because the the, the festival ones say festival on them. (laughs) But I'll know what's in it. (laughs) It does bother me. Now you're gonna right. do are you gonna do a burl walnut door like veneer? I thought about it. Um the the thing is in my shop right now, the veneer I have, the doors have to be if I don't do, you know, a full rails and styles on it, mm-hmm. they'll be about nineteen inches wide. I don't have any veneer commercial or I don't have any any walnut that is that wide where I can cut my own, not that I'd want to use on it anyways. It's all flat sawn or whatever. And if I do it, I want to use quarter saw. I don't have any veneer that or any pieces of wood that's half that width. That's 10 inches wide to do. So I started looking at some of the, the burl, the walnut burl, and some of that burl is that wide, but mm-hmm. it's pricey. I was, I mean, I, isn't Danish, does Danish Modern have burl stuff in it? It does. Or would it just be straight grain mostly? Because I, I would think this would be all straight grain. I don't yeah, know. The, whole, the whole piece, I mean, everything is quarter sawn. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be the only, uh, what I originally wanted to do was I wanted to make the doors out of white oak. Yes. Mm-hmm. But- and my wife doesn't want, nope, 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 nope. I'm like, all right. So I, I lost that argument. So I was thinking the burl might be nice. Um, and that'll actually be darker than the rest of the piece. So there'll be a little bit of compliment. Uh, yes, very much. So. Complimentary colors. But the, the cheapest pieces of burl that I'm finding, you know, they're, they're well in the $200 price range. So either I can, I can spend the, you know, to me, that's (laughs) to you guys, it's a 200 bucks. To me, it's still, it's still a lot of money for a a small piece of veneer. I, I totally agree. That's a lot of money. And you get a lot um, of plain veneer for that money. Yeah. So it's either I book match it and, you know, I can get uh, veneer that isn't or burl that isn't as wide, but I don't know. I still have I still haven't made that decision yet, and I'm in no hurry, really, to get it done. So, because I've got so much other stuff going on right now. Um, Freddie, how's those chips? Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) 
Couldn't you find like a like a like a quiet snack, like a Twinkie? I've never eaten a Twinkie in my life. You've never even eaten I, a Twinkie in your I, life. I lied. I took a bite of one when I was a teenager, and I said, "This is disgusting." <laughs> I remember the day, and I was like, "Never again." Who eats this stuff? Man, I miss all that stuff. <sighs> Not me. Anyway, so that's what I got going on. Um, I did go to a meetup this week that. in Columbus. That was pretty cool. Um, that Michael Williams from Calvera Tool, he, he puts on a really good meetup, man. He's got tons of prizes and giveaways. and Nice. They're just a lot of fun. So, so that's, different than, cool. that's different than a mashup. <clears throat> a mashup. <laughs> you got me stumped on that one. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Justin, your turn, buddy. Well, do I have to figure out what I'm going to rant about first? Because everybody else ranted. I think it's very important mm. to rant. Did I rant? You did. In the beginning, mm. you were starting, and then it okay. went down a okay. positive path. Yeah. Okay, cool. I take all the negative. So. Well, I'm going to start off saying the same thing. I, it's a week of doing nothing for me. It seems like just running around, getting other things. And then, as you guys see, I bought another bandsaw. Mm-hmm. So, I saw it at Mini Max, which nice. I'm jealous yeah. about. It's a nice that. That is a really nice saw. Really. How nice. much? How much did you pay for that? If you don't mind me asking. Six fifty. Oh man. That's... Yeah, I bought it from the original owner. The only thing missing is the fence, which sucks. Yeah, but, it's not a big deal, though. No. Yeah, and I he even said he goes, I lost it in my move and everything. I said, well, if you ever come across it, call me. <laughs> Let me. I'll, I'll grab it from you. <laughs> but um, it has Carter guides on it, which I'm not a fan of. I hate Carter guides. Yeah, they, I don't know. It, you could tell it was an aftermarket thing on this saw. I'll say that. Do I think there's really anything wrong with them? Probably not. But they just they're they're awkward on this saw. It's super tight to get to adjust them and everything. So usually so, yeah, they only had it's, one it's big bearing nice on saw. it. They usually only had one big bearing. Uh, so I I have the original guides for this, and the upper guides have a big bearing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. The lower section has the blocks okay. with the bearing behind it, and then the upper has it, it's it's got the back bearing, a big back bearing. Yeah. And then the sides, I don't know what they are, but they're like a bearing in okay. a way. They're almost, but they're they're really it's really nice. I might put it back on. Like it seems a way nicer than the Carter yeah. guides. Because Will had the the, same the, like on. the like the Europe European style bearings on the top, where they're parallel with the blades instead of perpendicular. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, but boy, that thing is heavy duty. It is. And I added the uh, the dust port to it, mm-hmm. so I drilled through the metal. It's it's like sixteenth inch steel that thing's built out of. I was surprised how thick the actual. The case metal was so. Yeah, that all adds to the weight. They're going to put it yeah. where it. Where it yeah, which it, it's not an actually that heavy of a saw. And I said something to the guy when I to pick. It, I was like, "Do I have to bring my cherry picker to pick this up?" And he said, "No, we can move it." Which you could see, he he used to slide it on its side there, <laughs> but <laughs> it really isn't that heavy. It's it's a lighter saw. So, but so it's, that's a fourteen inch. It's a sixteen. What they inch. call it eighteen inch. They call that's it an eighteen inch. It's a, yeah. It's a smaller. 18 inch 17 and three quarters the, the wheel is um That's and the, the resaw is only 10 inches on it yeah but it's it's nice so 
that is going to go cut some foam and then it's going to come back and I'm going to sell my Rikon. Nice. So, yeah. Pretty happy with that. Um, yeah. Everyone should sell their Rikon. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Freddie, how do you feel about Rikon bandsaws? You know, I'm, I'm just, I just love old stuff or quality stuff like the CMI, you know, I just, that just doesn't do it for me. It's just not enough. <clears throat> I, I can't, I, I will say this, that Rikon bandsaw, it's a nice saw. Mm-hmm. For what's equivalent to them, they're pretty nice. I'll say that mm-hmm. for a 14-inch bandsaw, right? Yeah. It's a pretty nice saw. Do I think it's a great saw? No, but it's pretty nice. Um, Better than uh, the Laguna. Whatever. It's a 14-inch bandsaw. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is going on? I've been working on these this this other secret bookcase, and there's a, a ladder that gets me down from the one secret bookcase to the other one. Whoa. So I've been working on that ladder. Nice. Is the ladder going to be secret too? Uh, I guess can you make it's hidden it, can down you a make wall. It, can you make it a secret ladder? Yeah. It yeah, comes sure. a slide, I think, then. <laughs> if the light doesn't come on, you, you're going to know about that secret. <laughs> but yes, I'm working on that. And it's, I mean, it's a 12 foot long ladder I'm building. Wow. Yeah. All that. The only thing I could get that long was ash because it was, it's just slightly over 12 foot. A little longer than twelve foot. Really, so only ash by fourteen foot piece. Yeah, ash was the only thing they had that was fourteen foot wow. and at a six quarter. Wow. So I mean, I could have bought mahogany, but yeah. I was looking for a lighter color wood. Mm. They didn't have any maple over at Groff at that point. Mm. So, yeah, um, putzing away with that, and then uh, I don't know what else. That's it. Running around, getting things from my house. We're Ripping off the roof this weekend, the shingles and putting shingles back on. Awesome. That's so. starting to really look, starting to really come together. Looks beautiful. Yeah, it Justin. is. Thank you. I'm envious. I went and picked up my aluminum coil stuck today. It was just outrageously priced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was, I wanted to put all, I'm putting all new soffit on the house, which I'm getting into a building stuff. So, but uh, all new soffit for the, the eaves and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do an alone. And he gave me a price of $800. I was like, whoa, maybe I'll go look at vinyl, see how much that costs. <laughs> Probably not much less. I think it's considerably less. Probably a Is third it? of the price it'll be. Yeah. Huh. But Now, what's the longevity so, of it? See, that's the thing. Vinyl, it breaks down. It, it, well, no, it doesn't no. at all. Okay. Just the th- it has a slightly different look. And the other thing is, uh, the only reason I'm considering vinyl is because everything's only a foot wide. So okay. it's not like you really see the difference there. Yep. If I was doing, you do long runs like under a porch or something, mm-hmm. I think yeah, vinyl is horrible. You see it sag and move yeah. and all those stuff. So. But, awesome. But yeah, that's that's what's going on in my life. So. Congratulations on reaching the nine month on the little baby. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, next week will be 10 months, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're getting there. That's not your fault. That's my fault. Before you know it, she'll be going, Dad, can I borrow the car tonight? No. Yeah. The answer is no. It's a tricycle, honey. Yeah. Well, I think we're doing it right because my wife drives a Subaru, and I said, you know, this is what you're supposed to keep to give to your child when they finally drive. So There you go. (laughs) Our Subaru will be that 20-year-old Subaru, right? Or whatever it is. God willing, man. Yeah. Let's get into the show. Fifty. You believe we've done fifty? This has been two years now. Fifty. And I, I, I think it is actually two. I think we recorded our first show at the end of May. 
where I don't think we released till mid July, end of July, maybe August. It's when we released all those shows, but it was recording our first show was right around now. It's so sad. Oh, it's our anniversary. It's yeah. so sad. Twelve years and six months, I turned fifty. No, it's, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah, I'm counting down I'm the years. Twelve years, and I'm just twelve years and one day away. Oh God. No, I guess under one day. Yesterday turned thirty-eight. Yesterday. Oh, you did! Congratulations! Oh, happy, happy birthday! Yeah. Happy birthday! Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting before old. You, before you know it, you're going to be f- fifty. So. Yeah, that's what we were just talking <laughs> about. Twelve years. Twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be forty before you'll blink and you'll be forty. Sure. I know. Shit. It's hard to believe I'm this old. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, that, that's not old. You're 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 still a very young man. You got your whole life ahead of you. Nine guy years, but I don't feel old, man. I still like I feel like I'm 15 most of the time. Congratulations! I I asked a friend that just turned 75, and he goes, "I feel like I'm still in my 20s." So it's all how you think, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That and it just proved that it just keeps going faster and faster. How fast Mm -hmm. it goes by. I wait. I I fit in clothes that I was in my 20s, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. And how does that happen? Uh, drinking a lot of water. <laughs> potato chips will help you. Keep it up. Potato mm-hmm. chips. The potato <laughs> chips gave me salt, so I drink even more water. So. Yeah. So pickle juice. Yeah. That'll solve both problems in one shot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound good. What is today's topic? Guy. What is oh. today's topic? Because we well, we well, put, we did we, we we really didn't have one, so we we went to Instagram to uh, ask for ideas, and we got about seven or eight decent questions, but we're going to take two of them. And the first one comes from Brian Benham at Benham Design, and Brian writes. What effects, on, what effects on the furniture industry would having a requirement to have a license to be a professional woodworker? Would you be able to charge more now that you aren't competing with every Tom, Dick, and Harry with the skill saw? Would a licensing requirement kill the craft? Would the overall quality of craftsmanship go up since you would be competing for work with other licensed craftsmen? What requirement should a woodworker have to meet to get a license? You know, this is a a really good question, Brian, and I'm going to start by saying that I don't think there should be a licensing requirement for woodworkers, mainly because it's not, you're not building something that has to meet a certain code like it is in a construction project, like a house or a building or even repairs inside a house. This is in some cases considered, some people consider them themselves artists. You know, it's, it's an art, it's a craft. And I don't really know that you could apply regulations to something like that to say that, you know, if you're going to build this table, the table has to be able to withstand this much weight and this joint has to, I, I don't see how that would work. Um, I don't either. I mean, I th- what are you going to get it inspected? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but you know, it's, it's kind of like, 
It's kind of like a plumber. Now here in Indiana, you have to have a, a plumber's license or if the guy comes to your house, he's working under a, pl- a, ma- a plumber's master license. So if you're paying him to do that work, he has to be licensed in the state of Indiana. But that doesn't mean that you as a homeowner can't replace your own darn toilet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need a license for that. The only reason you would need a license is that if you're paying somebody to do, if somebody is accepting money to actually do that work for you. And I don't know. I just don't know how that would apply to woodworking because woodworking to me is different than a, um, a carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, here, here's my thought on it. I agree with you. Everything you're saying, guy, I don't think you should have to have a license to be a furniture maker or all that stuff because where does it, uh, get regulated at? Um, does it get inspected? Does it not? Or is it just you paying $200 to get a license and to say, Hey, I'm a technically a certified furniture maker, but there's no governing body. Uh, yeah. No governing body saying, Hey, it has to be this way. Um, well, even, even, you know, with a, like a contractor's license, I mean, that's just, in my opinion, that's just a money grab for the state. Yeah. Right. That's all it is. It, and I, cause they don't, I they just... don't, they don't do anything. It's the, it's the city inspectors that have all the authority to determine whether or not you're going to get an occupancy permit or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, well, let's right. That's the other thing. If let's say it does cost you 200 or $500 to have a license, right? Is that going to change anything? I don't really think so. I really don't. I think, I, I think it might weed out the littlest bit of people, but in the same sense, there's, there's people doing construction without no license. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, doesn't stop them and i think it would be the same way with furniture makers and i the people they claim to be furniture makers and still have a day job doing something in computer work right those guys are just going to go buy the license and say hey i'm a furniture maker no big deal because i got a five hundred dollar license or whatever it is i i don't think it would change anything personally so i think it needs to i think what needs to happen i am for not say licensing but getting the stamp of approval by the state or county it's like if you compare it to what the certification yeah it's like what the uk does currently like in the uk you can't just put up a sign and say furniture repair you actually have to show that you have the ability and skill to a set of masters who have been working in the field and show them and explain to them why you should be in business and that you're worthy does that mean there's a go ahead is there a council then? Essentially, there's a council, be... yes. And then you go okay. basically do a, a series of tests, and they vote and approve you to be certified by the county. And you can put this on your window, and people know that you have been approved and you're actually skilled in the aspect of furniture making, furniture repair, marketry, finishing, or whatever it may be. Because overseas, the traditions and the quality is far superior than what we have here in the States. And people are dedicated of just 
Someone is just an engraver. Someone just does upholstery. Someone just does French polishing, and someone does stripping, and you know, in or gold leafing. They're all dedicated, and there are some areas that people do multiple things, but they they have to be certified in those multiple things. They can't just be like, you know, I'm just gonna make furniture today, and I'm a cabinet maker tomorrow, and I'm upholstering this. Is they they can't be what I'm trying to do, which is essentially a variety of different things. The only difference is I believe that I'm capable of doing all those things in a correct manner. So I'm for licensing and I'm not even for um, paying for it. It's like, are you for licensing or let's say a certification? Well, two different things. Licensing and certification doesn't really matter to me in the sense that you can be certified by the state or the state gives you a license. I don't think you can buy your license if you're going to do this for furniture. Uh, it's not like a contractor's license. It's totally separate. It's like you are certified or licensed by the state. You have been approved that you're more than capable of working on this aspect of the field. Yeah. Hmm. And then you have to come back, you know, they can come back five years from now and say, you know, are you still doing it the correct manner and everything else? And and why do I care? My My only problem with this whole thing is... I just feel like it's one of those things where Big Brother's just watching over you type thing. It's not like they don't do that enough. And I, I understand what you're saying with the whole... It's more of a guild, really. Across the seas. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being well, to, to me, <laughs> to me, anything the government gets involved in, they'll mess it up somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think I see that. And I, um, yeah. Now, is there room for... Let's say somebody starting a guild, not a club, but let's say a, a, a guild saying that, you know, that's headed by this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy as the, the, the governing body. And they set down uh, a set of written tests and a set of skills that you have to prove you can do. And people can adopt it voluntarily. So you can say, you know, I am a member of this association that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like the mechanics had the ASC certified type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You get you a sticker and all that, but you don't necessarily have to be it. You just, it's just Correct. a stamp of approval type. It's thing. like a yeah. stamp of approval kind of thing, but it's not run by the government because the less government in our lives, the better off we are. Um, and we're not going to go down that road, but um, I I don't see anything wrong with that. The problem I see with that is it takes years for something like that to even, I want to say, catch on. So uh, let's say we all get furniture certified, right? Nobody's going to know what that means for years to come. Until you actually, and that's the other problem, is it's going to be structured somehow that a Raymore Flanagan is going to start carrying somebody's furniture that is this. Uh, who's know, a what's a? Like a Rayman of yeah, you said it. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what I even said now. Flanagan, Flanagan, Raymore and Flanagan. What's that? A furniture. That's a furniture store out east here for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, okay. Like what is the other one? Bob's, Bob's or Jordan's? Bob's discount for yeah. Bob's discount so, furniture. Yeah. So Value yeah, City. they will. They will eventually. Yeah, we don't have them anymore. They will eventually be carrying somebody with somebody saying, "Hey, I have certified furniture from." I don't know. I don't know some furniture maker, mm-hmm. right? But it and it's still junk. I mean, it it is what it is. But 
You know yeah, I yeah, I, I I dig that. But what it would but that's what, how it gets nationally well, recognized that's kind of what too, happens though. Now with you room need, and board, say for example, there's a company called Room and Board, and they bring in furniture from a variety of different medium-sized shops and then a larger production shops, and they have them in, in, intertwined amongst their showrooms. And there's literally like you have to wait six to eight weeks before you can get this from the day you place your order. You know, right. so right. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, it's yeah, Pottery Barn will figure out how to get that certification, and the next thing you know, or IKEA, you know what I mean? It's just no, that's what the thing is, though, and then it means nothing again to me. Those things are limited to only small shops, you know, like the okay. whole guild who determines, it. but then again, who who determines, and then that that's that's my whole thing. It's like, and I can't, I've used this word several times, governing body, yeah, who yeah. is the government body governing body who decides who that governing body is it's all i mean those are all great it's questions. just and that and that's why it'll never happen it's just yeah yeah because here's another exactly. perfect example there's a guild of new hampshire furniture makers or whatever it's like you have to be within so many miles from the border to become join this furniture guild which has their their store which you can go ahead and put custom furniture make your custom furniture that you've made in it but you have to be approved by the board and you have you know and then you go to the board and you're like i clash with several people because i just think they're pricks and they're the guys who i need to vote me in and i go in there and i just laugh at him he's like this ain't gonna happen right and he just laughs at me he's like nope i'm like all right see you later prick so it's kind of like um that might have been a problem Freddie. yeah yeah that'll, that'll, you know be a... well you know the thing is it's just like it's true like you said like who's gonna make these decisions and that's when i started complaining about the the process because we need more rules and regulations yeah it, that's so it'll never occur because of that reason yeah that, that yeah it, it does it becomes who's kissing whose butt then yeah i i don't know yeah and and you know that's i i think in concept, it's a good idea because, I mean, what it would do is that if you want to be able to say sell furniture on Craigslist, you really couldn't. Uh, you, it would it would eliminate those guys that are making, you know, X-leg farmhouse tables out of construction lumber and pocket hole screws and selling them for 400 bucks. Mm -hmm. And it would eliminate those people if it required a, a license or a... I wouldn't say it's a license, but a license, and you can't get the license unless you have a certification. Yeah, and so if you I'm had not, to be, I, you have to be certified by. The, but then again, then it goes to the whole. Well, who decides what the certification is? Right, and, and I'll be honest with you. There's a place for that four hundred dollar farm table. There really is. There's a client for it, so yeah. where there's a void that needs to be filled. So, and and, and I don't think that that that. Uh, that that guy that's building those type of tables should get put out of business. I say more power to him. Mm -hmm. Myself, I mean, I, it doesn't. I, I don't. I don't live in that space, so it doesn't. It doesn't affect mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really matter. But I can see where in some uh, areas of work, but demographically, it could make so a difference. Here's, here's to some people. Go going. Back on what you originally said, Freddie, there's still people that are hack construction maker or workers that still have a license. It doesn't. I don't. I don't see where it'll clean up much of anything, right? It, 
the one or two percent is going to take care of isn't going to affect the big picture. And that's and that's the problem because unfortunately, when you put and and when it comes to houses, though, the code is minimum. This is the minimum requirement, and then majority of people mm-hmm. just stop there. It's up to the individual to go beyond the minimum, and that's where the issue is. And you know that happens in all aspects of woodworking. You know, I would love to say that everyone does great finish repairing furniture, but unfortunately. I could name about 25 in this general vicinity that I know of, and probably only two of them are worthy. And then maybe one's actually really good. And that includes me, you know, not to be cocky, but it's kind of one of those things that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it is what it, it is. is. what it is. You know, it's yeah. because I, I care. And, and I wonder, but here's the question is, do they, and I'm not, this is playing the yeah, other devil's advocate here. Is that do they look at you and they're just like that guy does way too much work and that's why he's what he is right it, it, it's well you know you know. most definitely they can say that or most definitely they can say you know oh that you know he's going to charge you an arm and a leg but the problem is um, yeah. my stuff never comes back I get stuff from their shops all the right. time so it's kind of like you know and the clients are frustrated and angry that they paid them and it's just like. Why did you go to expect an upholster is going to be able to fix your furniture around the corner from me? It's laughable. It's just like the guy doesn't even know what a screwdriver is. And it's like you expect him to repair your furniture. It's mm-hmm. just like all he did was drive nails and drywall screws into it and, and pray to God that the upholstery mm-hmm. holds it in place. And it's not their fault because they. That's the upholstery yeah, by me does. <laughs> that's what most upholsters do. And that's where it's two separate trades. And if you find an old timer the old timer is going to send it to a proper furniture repair person, and then he's going to reupholster it. Um, and then this is just constantly going to get worse and worse. And the same thing happens in homes. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to replace this and replace that, and it's it's perfectly fine. It's like, no, just cut the bottom three inches, patch on a new piece, epoxy the goddamn thing, and save it because the crap you're going to bring in, it's not going to match because you're thinking the mill marks are perfectly fine and that you don't have to say on anything. And poly is the best thing in the world since sliced bread. It's just like, let's be real. So it's like you yourself have to put a physical interest and be always challenging yourself so that your work gets better and that the quality of your work gets, gets you more money. And that's where I think sometimes maybe regulating certain things will be good, but you know, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I even though I support the whole licensing and everything else, I I 100% can see all the downfalls from it, especially here in America, in the way our you know our everything works around here. It's kind of like you know don't even bother, you know. And so, yeah, it's like cut, cutting tails or do, cutting tails or pins first, or some ridiculous comment of you need you you don't need to have dovetails in the back of your drawer. It's a waste. It's laughable if you think about it that way. Like, let's be real. Um, and it's just like, there's reasons why there's dovetails in the back of a drawer. And there's other reasons why they don't need it. But to say you don't need it, period, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's, it, it goes back to what I said before. Who's the governing body? How do those standards get set? And that's just, it, I don't really think it can be done. But I understand the frustration that, that some people get sometimes when they, you know, they, they work with a client for, you know, three, four weeks, they have this design and they do all this work. And then all of a sudden they, some other guy comes in and pulls a job on from underneath them for half the price. Yeah. And they're, 
you know, and you know, the work that this other guy is doing is crap. That's why he got it. It's like, damn it. Yeah. And that happens all the time. It, ha- you know, it happened so, to me recently yeah. and it may not be crap, but you know, I bid out, out a job of 19 windows or 19 window openings, two window sashes per opening. You know, I quoted them like a thousand two hundred uh, per window sash, but I include closing everything off, included all the materials, stripping, refinishing the hardware, rehanging the windows, replacing all the broken and damaged sash, reglazing everything, you know, traveling to Brookline and everything else. And the guy says, you know, I wanted you, but they found someone else that was recommended by the Brookline Historical Society and they came in at half the cost. And it's just like, of course it came in at half across. They just graduated from North Penistry School, different overhead, don't have anywhere near the same experience as I do, and you know, probably won't return it as fast as I would. But I totally respect them and understand why. And sometimes money's money's a concern. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But you just hope that they can deliver the same quality, which you just just don't know. Yeah. So what was the what was the other aspect of that question? There was something else, wasn't there, besides licensing? Um, let me go back here. Yeah. So the next question we got was from Mike uh, Mike Powers from Turning Sawdust into Groceries, and he asked a really good question: Why you should stick with the career you already have and keep woodworking as your hobby? <laughs> That's simple. I think this is a dynamite question. People yeah. think that, you know, you're going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars as a furniture maker. You're not. Mm-mm. It's not going to happen. You, you can't. Can. The, you the can. chances are, it's the, just like anything. Yeah, you've got to be, you've <laughs> got to be, you know, outstanding woodworker and outstanding at design more than anything else. There's um, a lot of love. Yeah, most of the guys... Mm-hmm. Most of the guys I know that are in this industry are making the equivalent of about twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour, which is you know forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. That's the majority of them. now. Of course, there's a lot of people making a lot more than that. There's people making less than that. But if you've got a job where you're making good money, stay there. That's the best advice and, I can give you. And here's here's what I'll add to that. That forty or fifty thousand dollars a year isn't bad. It's just there is a lot more time than what it would take for you to do a regular day job to make forty or fifty thousand dollars. The thing is, also you don't yeah. even include. You're not making forty or fifty dollars or forty grand a year because the forty grand you also get insurance, you also get vacation time, you also get sick time, you also get death for funerals. Mm-hmm. You know, in the end, really, it's probably eighty dollars a jo- uh, dollar job, an hour job, but you only get yeah, forty thousand yeah. a year out of it. If you think about it that way. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no benefits yeah. or anything. Um, yeah, I, I get asked this question constantly. And the, my, that's the first thing I tell people is don't quit your day job. Just don't do it. it. It's, you know, here I went to furniture making school and it's the last thing I do. And it's not because I don't love making furniture. It's because half the stuff that comes in, it's stuff I don't want to make for someone else. And it doesn't look that great proportionally or visually and their, their budgets are too small and they're too much of a pain in the butt in in the end, in the end, that's sometimes a huge factor. It's just like the minute they give you a deposit, they think they own you. And I want to just be like, suck it. 
because <laughs> that's not what the case is, you know? And it's just like, there's other oh, people, man. there's other work. And I hate the whole paying <laughs> process of 50% up front and 50% at the end or 33, 33, 33, whatever that may be. It's just, if you're not making a whole bunch of pieces at the same time, you're not going to survive, especially if you have kids. And there's a perfect example online. There is many amazing furniture makers out there. There's one from St. Louis who's putting on the belt again, not because he wasn't able to bring in work. It's just like in the end, the amount of money he gets doing carpentry work doubles what he was making for furniture because people see a house as an investment and they can't live without their house, but they can live without furniture. So it's kind of like, I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll say it, it's, it's not an easy living. I mean, I'm, I'm living it and doing it right. It's, it, it takes my wife working and me working to be able to do it. I, there's a lot of luxuries with it. There's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of, a lot of great things. I mean, I can, I see my daughter every day, mm-hmm. all day. Right. And things like that. And I, it's not an easy. And I will say if I ever do decide to quit this and get a job for somebody else, it is going to be a cakewalk because I understand. And I, when I worked for my father, I worked, I, I busted my butt and did all that things mm-hmm. I needed to do and everything while I was there. But man, is an eight hour day God simple is. anymore. I mean, I could do that in my mm-hmm. sleep <laughs> and that's technically what I would be doing. I'd be busting my butt for somebody, but I, it, it's going to be easy. There's just going to be very little yeah. thinking really going on there. Um, with, with anything, with the abilities that I have yeah. that I can do. Right. You'll, you'll also be very lucky. I think I can go get a job anywhere as I wanted it, any cabinet shop or anything. I, I probably would make the same thing I make working for myself in another mm-hmm. cabinet shop, working for somebody else because of my experiences and my abilities mm-hmm. that I do have. And my life would be a lot easier. Do I want to do that? No. I mean, yeah. I would be giving up some of the luxuries as well. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of benefits to to yeah. working for yourself. You know, I I got in this conversation with uh, somebody at the meetup. Uh, that was it, Tuesday night, two nights ago, and they started talking to me about. It. I'm like, well, if if I was actually able to go find another job at seventy five percent of what I used to make before I lost my job, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I do it in a heartbeat. I'd go back to work for somebody else, mainly because the money is so much better than what I'm what I make now. And I mean, that's that's all it is. You know, it's it's I do not make, you know, near uh, I'm going to say it's it's less than a third of what I used to make. Um, you know, what, was, you know what my dream job would be? I just world. thought of this. My dream job would be being a furniture maker for the government. Because that give me all the benefits of everything I ever needed, an eight hour day, right? And it'd be government money. It'd be perfect. But that just doesn't happen. Well, they don't pay anything. Wow. Bull crap. Anybody works for the government, you got the pension, you got everything you need. You and you can't get life. fired. And you can't get fired. Yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. Can't that'd be fired. the job. But, but the furniture. Uh, the world or whatever the the country doesn't need furniture makers like this. So Yeah, I mean if if you're if you're that'd a be decent, the way to do it. I mean, there's a difference too between, and I know guys that are making things like cutting boards and mallets and charcuterie boards, whatever. I still don't know what the hell that is. Um, Cheese board. Cheese board. Thank you. Cheese. Yeah, it's a cheese board. Um, I don't know why they just don't call it a cheese board or a fromage board, which is French for cheese. Um, Anyways, 
those guys, I, I know a couple guys that make close to six figures a year, just making I, freaking cutting boards. I could, I could probably do that if I wanted to. And I, yeah, I, I get burned it, out. Yeah, I would. I'm so burned out making a couple that I make I when I do. Too, make them. I'm, I'm bored as like, hell. Yeah, not for me. I yeah. can't imagine doing that for a living. So people, you know, it's that whole, well, do what you love and you'll never work in a day. Well, there's a certain amount of burnout and repetition that can happen in any job. And if you're just churning out, you know, and I'm again, I'm not disparaging anybody that does that me for neither. a living. It's just, it's just, that's just not me. I can't do that. I rarely make the same piece of furniture twice in my, in my, well, it's been a while since I've made the same piece of furniture twice. Right. Um, right. I'm, I'm always looking to, to make something different or try a new design or something else. And that's, to me, that's where the fun comes in. It's just like we were talking at the start of the show about how much fun I'm having making this piece that I'm making now because I've never made anything like it before. Right. So that's where the fun part is. But on the back end of it, you know, I'm not I, making I, that much money on it. I, I agree. And I think that's part of the reason I do what I do in my career. It's everything's one off. I don't do too many things. The exact same thing. There's there's some repetition in some things, but it's every single thing's different. Now, will does that? Uh, well, you, you, but, you know, Justin, I, I think you're the foam king. Well, yeah, that's different, but that foam allows you to do all kinds. <laughs> there you of go. Stuff. There's my furniture making profit right there. <laughs> profit. <laughs> right? Well, you know, the, the way I look at it is maybe a little different is that, uh, even though I may be working on something different, the methods and the techniques and everything else, you end up mastering them all the and, and they become very yeah. familiar. Yep. So for me, I don't care if I'm making a hundred mm -hmm. of the same shaker tables, the cherry acts differently. The figures different, the grains different, the finish is going to take different. There's the dovetails went smoother on this. This piece of wood was harder to cut the dovetails. This time I decided to cut tails first versus pins. I actually put dovetails yeah. in the back of the drawer versus nailing it. Um, you know, <laughs> those are the things that keeps me, you know, happy and entertained because what, what happens is that the skills that you gain making these pieces can then be used to put up trim or put up window casing and, or, you know, uh, put baseboard on or repair furniture because now you know that a table has these particular joints you know how it's assembled now you can disassemble them because it's the same exact technology and woodworking was my hobby now it's my life my hobby now especially since i'm going to be hopefully buying a house soon it's it's i look forward to making furniture for my house because you know i'm going to live with it it's my rules my proportions my way and I don't have to answer to anyone. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that. And there's one one aspect well, oh, one aspect uh, there oh, is that oh, here's yeah. what he's gonna find yeah, out. The building yeah. furniture for himself is the worst thing. Well, he's what's ever great done. about my <laughs> Yeah, because of the whole I don't I don't have to answer to anybody else about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. The, the simple response to that is you have to obviously train <laughs> your significant other to appreciate the same interests oh, as oh, you. Oh. Again, oh, I, t I take it your significant you other does it. not listen to this podcast yeah. when you and, make statements like that. And apparently <laughs> her little puppy hasn't been trained well, yet. Well, the thing either. is, it, it, the funny part is, it's like I say to myself, I want to make a shaker and shaker simple dining room table. And I said, you know, I don't need anything late. Just make it out of solid cherry, nice curves, everything else. And she's like, no, you made me fall in love with federal furniture. I want federal furniture. 
And for me, it's just like, oh, that's going to take longer. But if I sit back and reflect, in the end, that is what I love. So by me adding stringing and bellflowers or inlay to something, while it'll satisfy her, the overall concept is still what we like. We actually agree on just about everything. Do you like this? Do you like that? No, no, no. So for me, it's simple. It's like I'm making a whole bunch of federal style furniture with with some thinner lines like shaker furniture. And in, when I say I want to make Windsor chairs for the kitchen, yep. magically, my significant other agreed. Yes, I would love Windsor chairs in the kitchen. So for me, it's been easy. Guy, episode 100 is a recap of episode 50 yeah. here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> after Freddie's been married for a couple of years yeah, or a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there, Freddie. I, I did uh, the, the making a bunch of the same thing. There is challenges to each mm -hmm. piece, regardless mm -hmm. of whether it's the same design you've done over and over mm -hmm. again or not, but still there's, um, the design challenge really isn't there. No. And you, you start to lose, you start to lose the, the, the flame, so to speak a little bit when you're just building the same thing over and over again. And like I said, as far as getting back to the, the, the meat of the question was, you know, if you've got a good job and you're making good money and you're happy, keep it. That's the best piece of advice I can give you. I, I, yeah. I have to agree because yeah. again, my significant other, her brother, um, he wanted to become a furniture maker and he would have, he would have been great as a furniture maker. And he's, he loves the wood. He's passionate. He loves that, you know, hand rubbed look and that simple lines and modern, all this stuff. And he would have excelled at it, but then he was smart enough to realize, do I want to make $50,000 a year or do I want to make $180,000 a year? Let's go for the 180. You know, it's a no brainer when you're talking about numbers, vacation time, working from home, easy. And what he was smart enough is to pick a career that he got so good at it that now he can do it in his sleep and then he can still enjoy doing woodworking or other hobbies. Because right now I have no hobbies. Like this is my, this is my life. This is my hobby. This is my passion. And sometimes I wish I had a hobby. And honestly, you know, going to be honest with you, if you think this is easy, you have no goddamn clue. Yeah, that's that's the thing to take about take away from all of it there. I'm not discouraging anybody from quitting their job and saying they want to do this. I am. Just know this is not easy. Yeah. This is this is this is a change in life. This is everything. This is do you get to probably do what you love and and make things that just are beautiful and all that? Yes, you get to do all that. But with that comes yeah. some uh, move yeah. out west that's what i would I tell them midwest quit your job then so you can buy a decent house that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg and then you can afford to run a business you go home out here yeah. to the major cities you're a fool yeah. think you're gonna be able to be successful yeah there's a and there's a lot there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that are very yeah. well established in the big cities too uh, the other thing is you know even in the midwest i don't care where you are in the united states or in the world for that matter you're not only competing against the other local craftsmen, you're competing against major players and very large and a very large mm -hmm. furniture industry, you know, so you're still got to compete against, you know, everybody from Walmart to Ikea to, you know, Bob's yeah. furniture, furniture, whatever the heck it is. You got to still deal with all that. 
and then you've got to deal with the stuff on the high end. There's still there's still all that stuff out there. So it's it's not easy to find your niche and uh, to develop a clientele. It, it doesn't it's, happen overnight. I, I can't tell you the last client that I had so. that I actually bought something at Walmart. Okay, you have to find your right clientele. My clientele that I'm going for, yes. you know, they're not going to yeah. those stores, and it's hard to find them. But if you're in a bigger city, you know. Everyone says you got to find your client and not all clients are yours. But again, that's very hard because 10 years ago, I would do anything for anyone. Okay. I'll fix Walmart furniture. Now it's just like, don't even come near me with that thing. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But it's just a different lifestyle right now. Yeah. I, I've said this before. I say quit your job. If you're doing this on the side and it gets to the point where you know you're going to make money and you know you're going to be busy, then it's worth quitting your job. Don't just go cold turkey and be like, I'm going to be a furniture maker, or I'm going to be this, right? And then really have no clue because you did it as a hobby, and you did a couple little things and you sold them, but you're not busy. You need to You need to be, you really need to be yeah. doing it for a while, for quite a while to get a really good idea. Did it, 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 you're, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I, I just can't go any longer doing this, where you're every day, after work mm -hmm. and then the weekends and all this, and then you got tons of work lined up. That's when you can really consider quitting your job to become a furniture maker. Don't do it for the dream. Listen, I have a great person who, who, who's living it right now. Paul Jasper, Paul Jasper has a ton of work and he gets a ton of requests and a ton of commissions and he's busy as all heck at night and the weekends and everything else. And he's rolling in good money. He's charging crazy numbers for these unique boards or sushi boards or whatever else. And it's so exciting. But when I sit down and talk to him about how much he would still have to produce to make what he's making for a living now, yeah, it's laughable. He keeps it as a strong hobby. This is just – this is more than a side hustle because I can't stand mm -hmm. the term side hustle. This is actually a person trying to make a career on the side as being very successful but also is smart enough to realize – that this is just to give them more benefits in the long run for better machinery or go on better vacations or easier to buy a new car or splurge mm -hmm. a little bit more. But, you know, in the end, he loves what he does. And maybe it's instead of working five days a week, he's going to mm -hmm. work four days a week in the future and then maybe cut down to three days a week. But he's never going to give up that job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. So we got some shirts yeah. to give away. And stickers to give away. Shirts and stickers going. Yeah, so Brian and uh, Michael get shirts and stickers. Uh, so they yeah. better contact I'll, me. I'll shoot them. I'll hit them up on Instagram and tell them they need to message me or us. So Okay. We'll make them work even harder to get them. Sounds good. Shirts and stickers. <laughs> and both those guys do this full time yeah. too. Just so you know, I know both those guys. Yeah. And that's and they're nice. they're both full time yeah, woodworkers. Bring up these questions. <laughs> yep. So that should say something right there. We ain't no YouTube stars. Well. I tell you that much. Hey, <laughs> I'm no YouTube star either. I'm a nobody. It depends on your perspective you look at it through. Yeah. Yeah. Guy got wood. <laughs> In his shop. <laughs> God, help me! <laughs> so, are we going to talk about Patreon? Please. Yeah. Oh, Patreons. Okay. Yeah. 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 
again, we talk about it every every other week about how how important it is to us and how humbling it is to see that money come in every month. That it it does help us quite a bit offset the cost of this. So, if you haven't, please go to patreon patreon slash the ATG podcast and uh, you know just pledge a, a couple bucks a couple hundred bucks, whatever you feel that, that, uh, a couple hundred gets you on the show. Be careful with that. Let's just let them on. <laughs> they want to give us that a we'll couple hundred a month. Yeah. 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 200, $200 a month. And after 12 months of receiving the payments, <laughs> I'm have you yeah, on the there show. you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got to put some, some stipulations in there, but yeah, we, we really appreciate everything that, uh, everybody sends us and it, it really does mean a lot to us. So, Thank you. Yes, thank you. Anything else we want to talk about? I'm good. Okay. Unless unless you unless you have a, a tool of the week, I really don't I have a new bandsaw. I'll let you know how it works probably next oh. week once I really start using it. All right. You know what I got? If you are going to waste your time arguing about pins or tails first, then you shouldn't be woodworking. Yep. <laughs> Just learn to cut them. I honestly don't know which yep. ones I do first because half the time I do it one way and the other half I do it the other. So doesn't seem yeah, to matter to me. Matter me. Sometimes I just nail them together. Yeah. yeah. Just but sometimes I do both of them at the glue. same time when I use my router jig. There you go. <laughs> Fifty. It's it's been pretty good. I enjoyed. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. It's it's been it's been a good ride. It, it I. Me too. Go back and look through our catalog on our website, theatgpodcast.com, and you'll see all of our shows are listed there. There's some really good shows. I encourage you guys to go back and either re-listen or just check out the names of them and the the, the show names. And There's some good shows on there. There is. Some of them are okay. I'll even say that. But <laughs> most of them, pretty the much all sucked. 50, yeah. maybe a 50 of them, have uh, Freddie Ranting. So, yes, I think I can think of like three times Freddie hasn't been here. But, 25 uh, of them probably have guy saying that he's waiting the car to get out of the garage or he's doing a honeydew list. Yeah. Yeah. The honeydew, the honeydew list will never, will never go away. 10 of them probably it, talk about me cutting foam. Yes. But it's been a good time. So. Yeah. All right. All right. All Thanks, right. everybody. Talk All right. We'll see you. See you later. All right. Or you just go right into it. No intro, no nothing. This is a 50th show. We're hitting the ground running. Freddie's eating chips. Handle it, people. <laughs> just hit, hit the ground running, I guess you can say. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's episode number 50 for the Against the Grain podcast. We're all here this week, and we just wanted to do a little bit different, more relaxed show. So, kind of the same, but a little different. So, here it is, number 50. <laughs> is that horrible or what? Yeah, <laughs> that really sucked. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.